Welcome to the Cheryl and Shirley Show. Today, we have a guest, good friend, and a mentor to me, has been for a long time. His name is Orville Seymour. Many of you may have heard about him or may know his name. He's been out there for quite a while. I just want to say welcome, Orv, to the Cheryl and Shirley Show, and thank you so much for sitting in the hot seat today. Let's welcome Orv to the show, and thank you for coming on today, Orv, and sitting in the hot seat. Thanks for the opportunity. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about how you and I kind of know each other and how you are very instrumental in completing education and letting people know how to keep your government responsible. How's that? Sounds good to me. When did you start doing this, Orf? Uh, I started doing this back around 1998 uh, when my local school district wanted to pass a, uh, I think it was the time, it was a $24 million referendum. Superintendent was quoted in the newspaper saying it's only going to be $156 for every $100,000 house. Uh, wow, that to me, it sounds like a lot of money. So I had heard uh, about this thing called open records. And I thought, well, I'm going to give it a shot, see how this works. So I started making open records requests to the superintendent. Very, very quickly, I got under his skin. He did not like what I was doing. I beat the referendum three times in a row. The superintendent decided to resign and he was from Northern Illinois, moved back to Northern Illinois. I, I guess I just became more and more proficient at doing open records and getting information. Been very, very good. Yeah, I have to agree. I know you, you did some educating with me. So the open records request that you did back then, how did you get the information out? Was it to citizens, family? Did you spread it that way or did you do it with media? Did they help you? Uh, yeah, the media helped me. Back then, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have uh, email. was fairly new. It, didn't, it wasn't very prominent. Remember, that's like oh, 20, 24, 26 years ago. So we didn't have all the communication that we have today. So it was a little bit more difficult. The media was uh, was interested. I would dig up this stuff and there was a reporter for the local newspaper. I would feed him this stuff. He found it very, very interesting. In addition to that, uh, the letters to the editor was a quite a big deal back then. And people would read the letters to the editor. And I remember uh, each time before the referendum would come about, there would be pages and pages and pages of letters to the editor in the local newspaper. And people read those things. It was amazing. I think I had an influence on, on how it, how it uh, came about. I'm sure you did. One of the things that I find interesting is, you know, we've kind of gone to the wayside of letters to the editor. I think it's still an important way of getting information out, but many papers do not print them anymore. Yeah. You know, you, you can send a letter to the editor and it's sort of like, yeah, we've heard this before. Or you become one of those people that is known as, oh, they wrote a letter to the editor. I'm not even going to read it kind of thing. Yeah, right. And I think that's or so disgusting. If you only have that way, that that's the problem right here, right now, where I live. You know, you and I have discussed this a little bit. How do we get the information out? Because we don't have any local papers anymore that go to school board meetings and let people know what's going on. And the school board here, you know, they do a YouTube video of their meeting. Usually most of the actions, and you and I know this because we've been around a little while, so the actions are completed in committees and they just come forward to the board to be rubber stamped. Correct. So it's frustrating to get the information. I mean, like, tell me what kinds of information you would look for. I know this is going back to 1998, but this can be over anything. I mean, you and I have talked many times about this and I know I've called you to ask a question. Give me some guidance on this because it really does help me a lot. Remember this years ago, be like Columbo. Yes. One more, one more thing, ma'am. Yep. Well, I, I almost unlimited the things you can ask for when you start making open records requests, especially when you're dealing with school districts, local school districts. One of the things that really gets under the skin of local superintendents is when you start asking for their contract and you find out how much money they actually make or the local principals at, at principals at your school. It is astounding how much money these people make and the benefits they get. 
It is just almost off the chart. And remember, they're, I mean, I guess you could say administrators work the entire year, but teachers are putting in nine or 10 months. They're doing pretty well. Start comparing that to what people make in your local communities. It can have a tremendous effect. Yeah? So that can be be very powerful. In addition to that, um, you start comparing what your what your cost per student is uh, of, of your school compared to other neighboring schools. How many administrators per student and all that type of thing. It can really wake people up and open their eyes. Again, it's it's almost unlimited to as what you can do. When you're talking about local school districts, the one thing you cannot get, you cannot get student records. I mean, individual student records. You can get aggregate information, for example, you know, the aggregate scores, test scores, but you can't get individual test scores of individual students. Parents no. can get that for their own for their own students, but not other students. So yeah. kind of keep that thing well, in mind. Right. And the other thing is, I mean, you can go on DPI and uh, what's the other one? Wise or something? Uh, Wise, Wise dash, dash. dash. You have to be someone who's been used to doing that because honestly, though, sometimes that Wise Dash, or if I think I talked to you about that recently, that is like a nightmare right now. DPI, I can find, you know, the district and I can find per school. I can find out the information based on that. Really good look. And right now, as I tell people, um, we're kind of, you know, I'm from a plumbing family. We're circling down the toilet bowl. We're just going around and around and around, ready to be flushed. Most schools in Wisconsin are right now. And I think that is what I wanted to focus on. I wanted us to focus on the um, the schools and, and what parents are trying to do and what parents can do. Parents need to learn that they do have power. They can certainly reach out and get these open records requests. And I think a lot of parents are, are afraid to do that. So is there any kind of advice you can give for that? Go forward. I tell people all the time that the open records request is the most powerful tool you have as an individual citizen, okay? Individual citizen to hold your government accountable, whether the government be the, the local school district, the common council, the mayor, you know, county board members, et cetera, et cetera. It is very, very powerful when you start making open records requests, uh, asking this information, that information. They don't know what you're looking for, and they're, they're not even supposed to ask what you're looking for. So it can be a very, very powerful that way to hold them accountable. I can remember when I made the request for my local school district's contract, superintendent's contract, I called up a friend of mine who at the time she was, she'd run for public office before us. Do you really think I should do this? Yeah, I should just go for it. Go for it. So at all I can tell you is go for it. Be bold. Go after it. It's your records. You paid for them. You own them. You have every right to get those records. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that, like, let's say you have children in the school district. I think that's one of the things that really causes parents to maybe caution sign goes up or something. But what they need to understand is that you're just looking for information. You're trying to make it better. And that's what people need to understand. And when I do the open records request that I do, I start at the beginning, maybe some emails that um, I heard something in the community and I don't like it. So I do an open records request looking for emails and then I find them. It's amazing because each open records <laughs> request you do, which I'm sure you can attest to, they're comes three or four more open record, open records requests that you're going to end up doing. Correct. Yep, absolutely. As far as going back to, for a minute about the parents who have students in school, at the time I started fighting this referendum, my two daughters were still in high school. The one was a senior, so she didn't take too much heat. Uh, my youngest one was a sophomore. This went on for about three years, so she took a lot of heat over the three years that this referendum battle was ongoing. I know she was taking 
a lot of guff from teachers and so on and so forth because I was the only guy that was out there publicly. I was the face of the anti-referendum. The benefit over the years made her tougher. It made her able to deal with the real world on a regular basis. Let's face it, in the real world, people are, are not always pleasant and polite. Sometimes it can be quite guff, especially when you're trying to attack their power base. Now she's an adult. She's got two kids of her own. It made her stronger, made her tougher. I think it was a, a benefit that uh, I didn't realize at the time. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. My son was in the school when I did the same thing. The thing is, when you're in a small town, I think it becomes a little tougher when you're in a small town. Sure. Yep. Uh, you know, it's less students, less less t- teachers, less parents, less in the administration. You may know them because, you know, your kids in basketball and they go to the games or something like that. And you sit and talk to them. These are things that people have to uh, overcome. And it took me a while to get to where I didn't get to, I wasn't afraid to do it. It's just that I didn't know, okay, what am I going to do with this when I do it? Am I going to go forward with something if I really find something that's going to be shocking? And I did, you know, obviously I have found a lot of information now that is shocking and makes me, when I started doing it or what, maybe around 2010, 2011, somewhere in there, I was very frustrated. And sometimes I would get emotional about things. And I think that's what happens a lot of times. You have to learn over time that emotion doesn't belong there. Put it in a jar, put it on the fireplace mantle or whatever. Just do what you know is right because you can feel it. I mean, I know when I find out that someone is paid $170,000 a year not counting benefits and all, we are, our test scores are declining and they've been declining for the last eight years, not just COVID. When you start seeing that and then you start finding that they're still hiring more people, full-time employees are going up, your budget's going up, uh, the money being spent is going up, a referendum passes for $34 million, you start questioning what is happening. You have school board members here that have been on the board for over 20 years. It's time for a house cleaning. Leadership stinks. In order to flush the toilet <laughs> and get rid of them, you have to find out information that you can use to help new people get elected. You have to ruffle people's, people's feathers from time to time. And uh, maybe it's somebody that lives in your neighborhood. Maybe it's somebody that you know quite well. Like you said, you see it basketball games or football games, but uh, you got to hold them accountable. It's your money. They're spending it. You've got to make sure you're spending it in your best interest. I think that's one of the most important parts is what you just said. We don't think of it that way. When you look at a school budget, you don't think this is my money. Honestly, it really is our money. It's the taxpayer money that's paying it. Uh, And it's very frustrating when you see what's happening and all of these just different issues that are going on in the schools right now. I do think parents are opening their eyes. The other really important thing I think we need to hit on too is that this isn't a partisan issue. It really isn't. No. I mean, I know you've gone after everybody. It doesn't matter. Well, I can tell you this much. When you write that checkout for your property tax bill at the end of the year, which people are doing that right now as we speak, I'm sure, once that check goes to the school district or the common council or, you know, whoever, they think it's their money at that point. They think it's their money and they can spend it any way they want. Damn your input. Uh, they're going to go ahead and do it. The old saying at the Capitol, you know, people say, well, you just talk about money. Well, we're running out of money. And they'll always say, well, there's a lot more where that came from. It's your money. You got to hold mm-hmm. them accountable. Yes. And like I said, it's not a partisan issue. This is everybody and anybody that's in a position that um, is serving the public when they run. That's part of their job is to make sure that they're 
uh, being good stewards with the taxpayer money. That's kind of how I feel about it. Correct. Orv, why don't you maybe tell us about um, a couple of, you don't have to mention any names or anything, but maybe one case that you've worked on that you helped uh, really, because I know a lot of people tried recalls too. They tried it here and it didn't work. And I think it was because they did not have people involved that they knew that could organize and I think at the time it was just rash. It was more about masks at school. They were just angry, things like that. That was what was going on. And I didn't even know anything about it. Tell us like something that you worked on that worked with the open records request and how we can all learn from that. Well, I'll tell you the probably my favorite story and one that I like to tell all the time. I think most people remember back in 2010 when Tom Barrett ran against uh, Scott Walker for governor. My associate and myself were hired to run a third-party campaign against Tom Barrett. In about a six-month period of time, I made roughly around 90 open records requests, not just to Barrett's office, police department, the fire department, the neighborhood services, health department, so it's all the different departments, city government. I did some stuff at the state with, with Doyle. Doyle was the governor back then. About halfway through this campaign, I made a request to the mayor's office. I don't remember what it's for. It's not really relevant. But they wanted $75 and some change to produce the records. Okay, we'll pay that. Went down to City Hall with the cash in their hands. Again, it was $75 and some change. There was a young lady who worked in Barrett's office who was in charge of handling all my open records requests. Very, very nice sweet young lady, but I could tell I was getting her rattled. She was just completely rattled, frazzled would be another good word. So we walk in the office, mayor's office, and I said, we, we got the money for those records. And she's, okay, I'll be right back. Comes back with the records to give her the cash. And this is, um, could I get a receipt for that? She goes, sure. This is an honestly got true story. Maybe may hard for people to believe this, but it's an honestly got true story. She takes the cash, including the coins, goes in the back office, puts the money on the copy machine, makes me a copy of the dollar bills, including the coins, comes back and hands me that and says, here's your receipt. No, I was almost rattle. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that somebody would do something like that. Instead of just taking a piece of paper and say, received, you know, X amount of dollars for records. That's not what she did. I mean, it, it <laughs> took me a while to think about it, but I, I had the campaign so completely rattled that they didn't know which direction I was going. Because they're not used to what I was doing. They didn't know how to deal with it. You've got to be somewhat unpredictable when you're doing this. You got to, I always like to say, you can't drive the ball up the middle to use a football analogy. You can't drive the ball up the middle on every play and expect the defense to react point where they, they know what's coming. So you got to be a little bit unpredictable. That allows you to spread out the defense, get the five-yard runs and the seven-yard pass plays and the end rounds and the draw plays and so on and so forth. So that defense doesn't know what you're doing. And it allows you to drive the ball down the field and score and win the game eventually. That's, that's the objective, at least. So right. that's probably my favorite story. There's been many others where I've had superintendents just completely rattle and almost to the point where I pulled, I scared them. They, they didn't know how to deal with my my request because especially you know northern wisconsin small local schools they don't get many if any open records requests all of a sudden they're getting five ten fifteen over a period of time they don't know how to deal with it again going back to what i said earlier it's your most powerful tool to hold the government accountable if you're doing a recall if, if it's just before an election you want to get that information is they're not used to how that works they, they they don't know how to deal with it gets them rattled gets them confused and causes them to make stupid and foolish mistakes in a nutshell, that's how it works. That's one of the things that I find fascinating about it is you can look for something and then you realize 
there's 10 other things on your list. Start going, oh, but I need to look at this. Oh, I need to look at this. I mean, today, for instance, I started sitting down going through some of my information that I've received recently. And oh, I've got to look at this. You find out that maybe your school district didn't look for health insurance. So now I've got to do one looking for uh, any kind of emails or anything on quotes for insurance, because I want to know why they didn't look at health insurance. Everybody does that every year. I mean, the company yep. my husband works for, they did it just recently. We just got our new cards. This is taxpayer dollars that they're spending. People don't know this. And I think one of the hardest parts here, like I said, is we have no media. It's difficult because you need to have someone who has a voice out there that can help you get the information out. And that's probably the hardest part that I'm finding where I am now. Considering where I was before, they had a media person sitting at the every school board meeting, every city council meeting, sometimes at committee meetings, if it was something that was hot, I want the information and I want to get the information out. They got the information out. They would write up an article about the school board meeting. They would say who voted what way. And that really helped a lot. But now I'm at a place that's much larger, but we're circled by places that have TV, no real media. So far, I've had like one letter to the editor in and then one other person has had a letter to the editor in on return for on investment, some issues that we know about. But we do get the information. It's just trying to get it out there. How do we do that? And that's what we're struggling with right now. So if you have any ideas, share them, please. Sure. Well, obviously, the media landscape is changing very rapidly. You know, the newspapers aren't what they used to be. So that's difficult. On the other hand, what we do have is is we have Facebook, Twitter, you know, all different, Google, so on and so forth, email. We didn't have 15, 20, 30 years ago. Newspapers are still interested and they don't have the time to do the open records request and, and looking around, you might have. So you start gathering this information. It might take some time. You may have to do it, uh, approach multiple different reporters, start talking to reporters, say, I got this, I got that, I got such and such. I've been looking in here, looking in there. You've got to get some interest. If you get enough interest, you might get them to write a story or two or three if you're lucky. Keep going at it that way. If that doesn't work, you can always put it on Facebook or Twitter Twitter uh, or some other media outlet or just establish a uh, email list of people and start the, the email chain, then that's another option. But let's say, let's take a typical example. Let's say you've been making open record requests and, you know, you're digging in, you're getting all kinds of information and you come across some really, really juicy email that makes the uh, the superintendent or, or the school district look really bad. Well, they, they think immediately that you're going to go and post that stuff on Facebook. Well, let's say you just hold on to that. Just say you sit on it for a while. And at the same time, you keep making more requests for this and that and the other thing. Like I said before, you got to be a little bit unpredictable. And you're sitting on this, this juicy email and they don't know what you're going to do with it. Will that have an effect on what they do? Because they know what you've got because they've reviewed it and the attorneys reviewed it. And they know they have to turn it over and they do, but they don't know what you're going to do with it. So it can be quite powerful to just sit on that information for a while and let them think something else. You don't know what they're thinking. And they don't know what what you're thinking. It can be quite powerful to just sit on information sometimes and just kind of keep that in mind too. Well, you just opened something to me. Is I didn't think about. We printed out these uh, flyers on cardstock. It's got a lot of information on it, and all of that information was pertained via open records requests. I should be taking pictures and uploading it onto my LinkedIn and to other other social media issues. Um, I'm not really keen on Twitter and Facebook and you know me. There are other people that can do that and that does need to happen. And you're right about the email list. I have not built an email list here and I have an email list for the whole Northland. Yeah. And I don't have one right here that would that, that I could build on that other people could give me names and, you know, get it increased into an email list. So that's really good information to use. And 
I hope people out there will listen to that. I think one of the learning lessons and learning curves for me really was getting over the part of worried about, oh my gosh, I'm trying, you know, I'm writing this and I'm sending it via email to the superintendent of schools. Honestly, he's a person that puts his pants on just like you and I do. I think a lot of people are threatened by parents. I know parents that were always afraid to go to the principal's office or the superintendent's office. And when you think about it, when we were kids, if you got sent to the principal's office, you were in deep trouble. I think that's where it kind of comes from, maybe. Nowadays, you have to speak up for your children. Uh, our educational system right now is in the toilet. Like I said, we're, we're just swirling. I was recently talking to someone, mentioned something about being from a plumbing family and just said, you know, that shit can be thrown right on me. I know that it dries up and falls off. So I don't really let anything get to me anymore. <laughs> and that came, honestly, it came from you. I learned that through time and probably- I maybe would never talk old. like that. <laughs> You know, I am from a plumbing family. I can remember people asking me, how do you deal with some of the stuff, you know, when, when it gets, you know, pressure or whatever. I, I rub down with olive oil twice a week and I let it all slide off because you just got to. You can't let this stuff get to you personally. It's not about personal. I'm not personally, I don't personally dislike anybody at this school district. What I personally dislike is the way that they treat the children, the way that they are educating the children and the way that they are spending the money in what they do. Uh, when I get open records requests for what the professional development days are for teachers. And I find out that only one hour is spent with them really doing any kind of professional development. And the rest of it is all this feel good, mushy stuff. I have nothing against teachers. Please don't get me in that. I, I actually support teachers fully. It's the administration and the leadership. I think we're lacking in leadership anymore. I mean, at the helm, you know, and it's very frustrating for parents to try to get through to that. I have seen an uproar in parents. I, I met a lot of parents along the way in the last few years that are very frustrated. Now you have these groups, uh, Moms for Liberty. You have, uh, I, I heard of SOS. Um, I guess they changed their name now recently. I'm not sure exactly. It's WFUU or something. But they were Save Our Schools. The Moms for Liberty, it's a, it's a huge group. It's not just for moms. And they're all over the place. And they've won a lot of different... Uh, school board elections. And I think that's it. We get people on elected and you and I know how hard it is to run for office, how hard it is to, uh, to get donations, to get your name out there. It's not easy. You have to have support. You have to have help. And if parents are out there and they are reaching out and they want information, this is one of the things that they can do that's free. It doesn't cost you anything to do an open records request, right? Nope. Nope. I, it's rare. It's very, very rare that I pay for uh, when they want money for records. I'll make the records request. I'll tell them, drop that request and make it smaller, narrower, more focused, et cetera, et cetera. It's rare that I pay anything for, for records requests. And you shouldn't have to hardly pay anything at all. Well, I've had to pay a little bit. It has been my fault on not narrowing it down. You know, that's still a learning process sometimes for me, Orf. Yeah. I've, I've gotten a lot better over the time. There are a few things that sometimes when you ask for certain information, recently a survey came to mind. I found out that only 16% of the people that they sent this survey out to, I want to know what these 16% of the people said. I mean, it's amazing to me the things we spend our time and money on. There is no return on investment. That's what. For way too long, parents have ignored, and I'm guilty of this as well as anybody. Parents have ignored what's going on in schools. We've just trusted people. They're educated. They got PhDs. They got this degree. They got that degree. We've just trusted them. What changed everything, and not my 
opinion, as a lot of people have said this, was uh, during the so-called pandemic, kids were going to school from home on their on their computers, and parents are looking over their shoulder and saying, what's going on here? And it kind of woke a lot of people up as to what's going on in schools. And that's what I think that's what started the whole education revolution, if you want, if you will. Yeah, I think it did, too. I think parents started seeing it during COVID and they were home. When you hear politicians say things like parents don't belong in the in the educational system, parents don't belong. You know, they have no right to say anything. What? Who do you think yep. is the best teacher they have? It's us. Right. Uh, yeah. It's very frustrating. So one way that people can learn is by learning how to do open records requests. Now, something that I will say, you you know, you have the, the Citizens for Responsible Government. You've been involved in a very long time. They used to have a website, and I understand they got hacked a lot, so they don't have that now. But when they did, it was great because they had that template for yeah. an open records request. I recently... We still, I can still send anybody who wants one. I can send them a template. It's it's real simple to follow the template. It's just plugging in the information you want, the dates, the times that, you know, it's a little bit difficult. I understand this is a new skill that most people have no idea how to do, but it's pretty simple. I like to tell parents that you want your kids to learn new skills, whether it's math or science or whatever case may be, you got to show them that you can learn a new skill as well by doing this open records thing. And you can learn how to do that. It is not difficult. I learned it by myself. I had no yeah. teachers. I just said, but it's the artist works. Learned it on my own. I just Googled Wisconsin yep. State open, open records, records request yep. and it came up and it just had a template and I kind of copied and pasted it. Kind of what I use now. And, you know, you have to change your date. You have to make sure you, you put a date on it and who you address it to and, you know, do it professionally. That's what I do. I also make sure that I put a line in there stating that um, if it's going to cost more than $20 to receive this information, to please let me know beforehand, because then, like you said, you can cut down the dates. You can say cancel that one or whatever it is you're looking for. Uh, recently, well, under, under Wisconsin law, uh, this is a little bit confusing, so I'm going to make this as clear as I can. Under Wisconsin law, the first $50 of search costs, okay, I'm going to make that clear again, search costs, they have to give you for free. Once you go over 50, then the whole 50, then you don't get the $50 discount. But I always tell people, again, we talked about this a few minutes ago, if it gets over 50, say, ignore that. You make a request smaller, narrow, and more focused. You stay under that $50 limit. They can charge you for printing and copying costs. But again, at today's electronic world, almost everything's in digital format. You ask for it in a digital or electronic format, and there should be no copying costs. So that is how you stay below that $50 limit and avoid these copying and, and printing costs. Pretty simple. So when you say the $50, when you say that's a state law, the $50, is that covering the cost of labor of anyone that's doing the looking, the research or anything the, that, um, the, for the copies? For example, let's use a school district. The super search function to a secretary or another uh, lower level administrator. Search has to be done by the lowest paid employee who's qualified to do the search. Now, in today's electronic world, again, you're, let's say you're looking for emails. Anybody can search for emails. And it's really quite simple. We've all done it on our own home computers. It's quite simple to do a search for emails. It takes minutes, not hours or days. It takes minutes to do. And there should be no cost again because there's no printing, there's no uh, there's no copying costs, and it's just sending it to you electronically. It's quite simple. I've learned over time. It's taken me time, Orv. When you're educating yourself, it's kind of tough. So that's one of the things that I think is really important, too, is that we need to come up with some kind of a group or something that goes around. I will say that I did go to a Constitution Day in Wausau in September. 
and they actually had a panel that talked about open records requests. It was the um, right Wisconsin now with Jessica and Jim. Sure. They talked about it as well as Lucas from will Wisconsin Institute for law and Liberty. And yep. they did talk about reaching out to them if you needed to. I've considered reaching out to them, Jessica, especially. I've already reached out to Will on a couple different things. And, uh, you know, if it's a nothing burger, it's a nothing burger. If it's something that they can help with, and I know they're really busy right now, uh, we have a hard time getting our information out there. That's the, to me, that's the hardest part. That seems to be the hardest part for me now. And that wasn't the hard part before. The hard part for me before was making sure I asked the right questions. What am I requesting? And narrowing it down as as well as I could, and now I've gotten pretty good at that. Uh, but it is a learned it is a learned process. And once you pick it up, like you've said, you know, I've picked it up. I mean, there's some people that just get it, and then other people have a little bit of a harder time. But it's not hard at all. You just have to understand that what you're looking for is really important, and you're letting the you're holding people accountable who have been elected to be held accountable. Well, it, it all starts, and this is important here. This is an important little phrase. It all starts with your mental model. In other words, what is your mental model for winning school board election or a beating a referendum or whatever the case may be? What is your mental model? If your mental model is putting up a bunch of yard signs, yeah, you got a probably maybe a 50-50 chance of winning, okay? But let's say uh, three weeks before election, you get a big windstorm and all your yard signs go get blown away. <laughs> we all it know happens. what happens. <laughs> it does happen. Yes, it, it does. does. Happen. If your mental model is to raise a bunch of money and run a bunch of TV ads or radio ads, yeah, maybe it'll work. You know, again, 50-50. But how do you know until after election's held? You don't. <laughs> Whereas if you start poking around into what they're, what the school district is doing and find out really what the curriculum is, what the, what the agenda is, you start getting that information out to the voters, that can be quite powerful because they don't know. The media is not reporting it. You've got to report it. And sometimes you have to go to the old-fashioned way of putting information on a one-page flyer and going and doing a lit drop to all your neighbors in a small community. It's a lot easier than it would be in Milwaukee or Madison, but it can still be done. Yeah, I think the only thing holding you back is you yourself. It's a complacent world. And right now we've all struggled with inflation and all these other things. Now the holidays are here and soon it's going to be, again, an election season upon us. And it's like one after another. We need to get some really good people that will make uh, sound decisions for the children. Someone asked me, you know, why are you here? Why are you here on this group? My gift is doing the open records request and looking into information. My reason for doing it truly, it used to be 5,100 students. Now it's 4,600 students. Declining enrollment happens. Why is the money not going down? Why are we hiring more people, spending more money in the budget when we don't have the children. So what's happening and where's that money going? So I kind of think on those lines and I'm like, like you've taught me, you know, I I honestly do have my little notepad and my little pen. And I think to myself, one more thing, Columbo, just one more thing. Well, most people don't realize this, but when you're talking about school district budgets, about 75 to 80% of the school district budget goes to salaries and benefits. This is a public record that leaves not much money for maintenance and books and, you know, other project things that doesn't leave a lot of money for those those are important things for those kids to get an education we always hear about the story of we want to get the money in the classroom well is it really going to the classroom or is it just going to salaries and benefits that's a question that you got to answer for yourself right honestly 
you and I both, I think, would agree that teachers do deserve a good pay as long as they're doing a good job. Yep. Yeah. And I even think administrators deserve a good pay if they're doing a good job. But when we're failing and we keep failing, who holds them accountable? And that's the problem if they're not being held accountable. And then sometimes I think when you have a school board that people have been on there for more than 15, 20 years, it, it becomes stagnant and complacent. And they just are a rubber stamp. Anything the administrator, yep. oh, he's a good guy. He's doing a good job. Well, is he? I don't think so. He's failing. If he was in the private sector, you're fired, dude. You're out of here. That's yep. kind of what frustrates me. And I think that's what people need to realize is that a superintendent is just a person puts on clothes just like we do. One of the things that I think is great about you, Orv, and I've said this many times, is I remember the first time I met you, you know, you're just like this iron worker, retired iron worker dude, construction boots and a pipe fitting hat kind of thing. Engineer, I call it an engineer hat all the time. And you just have a brain and you use it. And I appreciate that. But you'll show well, up. Well, anyway. my brain is no, I'm no smarter or no dumber than anybody else. What I do is I study, I read, and I you got to do a little research. And reading doesn't, it takes a little bit of time. doesn't cost you anything. That's the power. That's where the power is. Yeah, Learning is. from reading. But you've done it over a lot of years. I mean, if you tell me that you started doing open records requests in 1998, it does take time. I, I would say myself personally, to become more proficient, I, it's taken me at least three or four years to become more proficient. Now, over the years, I still, and you know this, I still contact you every once in a while. Sure. And, and say, you know, hey, Orv, okay, this is what I've got. Uh, where do you think I should go? Or is there more? Or what am I not seeing? Or what am I not looking for? And it really does help me an awful lot. I just want people out there that if they want to learn, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to help them learn how to get this skill down because it is a very valuable skill and you can use it anywhere to anyone, any elected official. And I think it's power. It's power to the people when this is probably one of the greatest powers you'll ever have is being able to hold the people that are elected accountable, whether you voted for them or not. It doesn't matter. I just want to make sure that our school districts and our children, honestly, that was the reason for me was the kids. That's it. I don't have any skin in this game. I don't have a child in this district. I don't have a grandchild in this district. My point was we are just going right down the tubes. Somebody's got to stand up and do something. I think that makes you a great American. Ah, that's what it used to make you. But now I think it's a right wing extremist. At least that's what they call us. And it's not true. I'm really not. I'm more moderate than what most people would probably think. I just want to do what's right for children and what's right for the people in my area, the community. And I want the community to be involved in in learning the knowledge. All the stuff that comes out of the school is always the good stuff. You never hear what really is going on and where the money's going. And that's very frustrating. When we were during COVID, okay, lockdown, nobody's in the schools and they passed a $34 million referendum for athletic fields. It doesn't well, make sense. Here's one of the things that if you're looking for people who are listening here want to make a request, here's one that I think is very powerful. In today's world, every level of government has electronic spreadsheets, whether it's Excel or whatever the case may be. And they keep track of their spending and their income. Well, that Excel spreadsheet is a public record. And you can make a request on a month-by-month-by-month basis for that spreadsheet as to what their spending is. Each school district got like four or five different funds. But if I remember correctly, Fund 10 is a general fund. That's where I would start. And there's a Fund 80 that's Mm -hmm. otherwise known as a as a slush fund, probably not best description, but, and there's several other funds that you can get those 
spreadsheets and find out where the spending is. Now, if you see something that is uh, a little bit out of the ordinary, you have to make another open records request or the invoice for that particular item. Remember, you've got it. You got the date, you got the time, you got who the check was made out to, all that information in the spreadsheet. So it's it really makes it quite simple. And that is how you hold the government accountable for their spending. This is something that almost nobody does. Almost nobody it can be quite powerful when you start poking in where they're spending your money. I started uh, doing that here in the beginning. And actually what I was looking at was the ESSER funds, COVID money. And yep. I started asking for that. And it's very interesting what they're what they're purchasing with it. The books they're purchasing yep. and things. Then you have to have somebody go through the books and make sure they're appropriate books. Some of this crazy stuff that's going on. I just wanted to make sure that I got a chance to talk to you a little bit, Orv, and, and get some information out there for people to learn how to do this. That you don't have to be afraid because, you know, when you hear the word open records request, I can remember hearing that and thinking, what in the world is that? Used to see the the acronym ORR and I didn't even know what it was. Just like letter to the editor, LTE. What's, what's that? Because a lot of people don't know. Now I have learned a great deal about it. And I do think it is very powerful. And I'm grateful that you have helped me in many ways. And we don't even live anywhere near each other. Nope. Uh, Probably about two hours apart. Yeah. And we used to be a lot further. Yeah. We still talk often enough that I can ask questions and that we can laugh about some of the things that, <laughs> that I find out or that I've done. And some of the things that you found out or you have done, and uh, I learn a great deal from that. And I really appreciate that very much. And I hope, really hope that people will listen and understand that they have more power than they think they do. We're not even trying to say that you need to go after anyone. This is about finding out information to help people get elected or to help people maybe make their decision to run or to help your school district get better, be more accountable to the parents and to the people. Most of these people have never seen an open records request. They don't even know what they are. And they get them and they kind of freak out. And Orv and I both know that from experience. Well, if you have anybody wants, want, that contacts you uh, and wants more information, I'm always more than willing to help. If they contact you, you can give them my phone number and uh, I'm more than willing to help them. Okay. Well, I will certainly highly recommend that. Anyone who knows me knows that they can contact me about any of it too. And so I want to say thank you so much, Or, for your time. I really appreciate it. And I think maybe we'll do this again, you know, down the road a little bit. Maybe we'll talk about a couple of specific open records requests that we have. Go over that and teach people, um, this is how I worded it. Like sure. when I start off, I just put, I put requesting and then I put what I'm requesting, how to present it, you know, what what statutes there are. I've called you a couple times. Yep. I've learned a great deal too. And I learn every time I get one. It's amazing. I learn a lot more. And then, like I said, it makes me say, oh, Cheryl, you got to write three more from this. Yep. <laughs> you yep. got to do more it. Questions. Keep doing it. It's Colombo all over again. One more thing. Yep. yep. I appreciate your time very much. So I'm glad that, that you and I are connected. I'm glad that we're friends. I'm glad that I can count on you. And you know, that this is a, something that people need to understand too. You and I don't always agree on everything, do we? No, no not at all. No. <laughs> and that's what I find fascinating about our friendship. I think it's awesome. I mean, there's been many times that you and I are like, no, that's not, no. And, and then I'll be like, no way, this is the way it's going to be. And you're like, uh-uh, no. <laughs> so we go back and forth. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's how sure. it's supposed to be. Yep. Makes it more interesting. So I appreciate your time very much. I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. And thanks so much for coming on the Cheryl and Shirley show. Yep. Yeah, with just Cheryl today. Is there anything else that you want to add that, that you'd like to say? And I think that we covered a lot here. We did. Thank you for joining us today. And I appreciate Orv's time. And thank you so much for listening. And any more information you'd like, you can find us on any platform for podcasts. 
as well as my LinkedIn and we'll go on uh, the Sherlyn Shirley Show Facebook too. So any other questions or anything, you can type on there, comments. We appreciate it and pass it along. Thank you so much. Very good.